0: Welcome to the Sage Thought Leadership Podcast, building experiences that connect, remove friction, and deliver insights. Well, hi, everyone, and welcome to our podcast. I'm Ed Kless, and with me today is Ryan Van Hatton. Ryan is the Chief Financial Officer of Profix, where they believe that our world gets more complex every day. And in this rapidly changing environment, what's worked before simply doesn't cut it anymore. At Profix, Ryan optimizes how sales and marketing engage with prospect prospective customers, and he also coordinates Prophix's, I'll get that out, seven international offices, their expanding network of channel partners, and at the same time, Ryan works with Profix's implementation team to hone processes that impact customers. Ryan is an active member of many of the Profix clubs and sports teams. Welcome to the Sage Thought Leadership Podcast, Ryan Van Hatton.
1: Thanks a lot, Ed. It's great to be here.
0: Well, first off, Ryan, why do you do what you do?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. I feel like it's actually probably a few questions in in one. So where I would probably start with it is I would say, why do I actually work for profits? And the answer to that is that I I really believe in what we do. I believe in the CPM model, corporate performance management. Uh, I think it has tons of benefits for all of our customers and anyone that uses it. And we'll, We'll talk more, I think, about that later. Uh, But really what's happened to me is I started at Profix nearly 20 years ago uh, doing implementations. I was working with our customers every single day implementing our tool, probably worked with 100 or so companies over that time across all different industries, geographies, sizes. But there was one thing that kind of tied them all together. All of them had in common that they struggled with Excel, in particular, using it for planning, forecasting, things like that. If they're struggling with those type of things, they're not spending time where they need to. They're not spending time analyzing their data, thinking through what that data means and how to plan the future around it. So with me going on site, helping these customers, I spent a lot of time helping them focus on higher value tasks. I took away those difficult things that they were doing manually, put them into profits and automated a lot of things for them which allowed them to focus on high-value tasks and even in a lot of cases spend more time with their friends and family. They weren't panicking about the budget or about closing a month uh, because it was all automated. So they actually got to go home from work at a reasonable hour. And that that was a really satisfying thing, I would say, for me personally. The other half of the question, I think, is more specific to profit. So why do I do it here? I could go off and work for any CPM company. I could open my own consulting company and do this type of thing. And really the answer to that is that I love where I work and it's really about the people and our culture. Culture is a funny thing. Everyone kind of defines it differently and, uh, and probably has a slightly different spin on it. The angle I'm taking here though, is that for me the profits culture is about always doing the right thing. So I think we have a culture of doing the right thing by our employees, by our customers, by our partners, everyone kind of in the profits ecosystem, I would say. Um, so, we try and do that every day, and that makes it incredibly satisfying. Um, yeah, when I think about how we kind of uh, how that kind of aligns with what we do, if you think about a modern CFO, uh, it's more than just being an accountant, right? They the the modern CFO has to do a lot more. They have to go into the business and do problem solving and really help the business in more ways than just by being a bean counter. I think in your description of me that you actually gave at the beginning, which I, I wasn't expecting. But you didn't talk a lot about being an accountant. It was more about other things. And that really aligns with what our culture is of profit. So we, we want to not just be the standard and accept the, the cookie cutter way of being. But instead, we want to do something different, be more, and really, in the end, do the right thing by our people and by the people in our ecosystem.
0: And let's talk a little bit more about that specifically. Why is it important for small and medium businesses to really be constantly budgeting and planning? Yeah, that's, that's a good question. I think if you think about the times that we're in right now, uh, if you
1: think about what we've gone through in the last couple of years, not, not just with the pandemic, things like Brexit, war in, in Europe, unfortunately, right now, and economic swings constantly, where every day seems to be a new thing. Is inflation going up or interest rates going up? These things create a very difficult environment for businesses today to work in. Now, I'm not naive in saying that, oh, this, is, this has never happened before. There's never been this kind of chaos before, because there has Definitely. Um, But certainly, every generation has these type of things. And it makes it important to plan. And like you said, to plan constantly. I think if you are not really thinking through things as they happen and as they come at you, and really, before they come at you, you're doing your business a disservice. You're actually leaving a big blind spot in what you're doing that is very hard to recover from. To the point that I'm saying, to the point that I would say if you are doing these things, it's actually a competitive advantage for you over your competition, because your competition might not be. And that's really, I think, where Profits comes in and other CPM vendors come into play. We make that process of planning so simple that you're actually able to do that. You're able to plan constantly on a rolling basis. If you think about the normal traditional budget process. It happens manually in Excel towards the end of the year, probably takes a couple months, likely gets done, but there's errors in it. No one's really sure. No one's bought into it. Uh, but it's done and it's fine and it, it creates a plan. It's not enough though, because you know a month later, think about 2020, a couple months later after that plan went into motion, all of a sudden here's COVID, all the plans get thrown out the window. If you now have to take another month or two, reset everything, replan all from scratch, incredibly difficult, incredibly manual. You need to be spending time thinking about what the data is telling you and how to adjust your business goals uh, to suit that data.
0: Can you maybe give me a, a specific example? You've worked with uh, customers, you said, in implementation, and can you show, tell me about a, a particular customer that puts this into practice and the impact that it had? Yeah, yeah, I can. In fact, I'm,
1: I'm not going to actually use one of our customers for this one. I'm going to use us. We, we use our own software. Thankfully, we, we drink our own champagne, so to speak. Um, and we're, we're a perfect example of this. At the, at the beginning of COVID, I started to talk about it. But in uh, March of 2020, all of our plans went completely out the window. Profits as a business was going through a big transition around that time as well. So our own internal flux coupled with what was going on externally threw our finances into chaos at that time. And what we actually had to do is, well, it was kind of exactly what I said. We went to the point where we were actually planning things like cash and our P&L, not quarterly, not monthly, daily. We were constantly looking at these things and making sure that everything was in line. Doing that in Excel would have been just incredibly difficult. It would have been really hard to go back day by day and now say, hey, we collected half a million dollars today, or we sold this big deal, whatever it may be, and then adjust the plans accordingly. But in a tool like Profix or other CPM solutions, you're very easily able to actually make those changes on the fly and then use that data to do what-if analysis on the future. So what if this trend continues? What if we keep selling these big deals? What if we don't? What if the economy gets worse? What if uh, foreign exchange rates change? We're international. We're global companies, so very impacted by FX. Uh, What if interest rates go up or down? Being able to just quickly on the fly, at the snap of a finger, make those adjustments and forecast how that works is incredibly powerful. And it allowed us as a business to manage our... Well, we were a, uh, a more privately held business, so cash has always came for us. And at the time, it allowed us to manage our cash to the point that we were doing it every,
0: every single day. And uh, I, I would say that was a major advantage for us coming through the pandemic. And, Ryan, as you know, we have an exit question that we ask all of our guests, and that is, who is a hero of yours, and why are they a hero? Yeah, I I knew
1: this question was coming, and I kind of struggled with it a lot. I I don't take that term hero uh, lightly. So I thought a lot about it. I went through family and friends and kind of business leaders and other kind of public figures. Where I landed on though was something a, a little bit closer to home. So it was with actually the founder of Profix. His name is Paul Barber. Uh, he founded the company back in 1987. Spent, uh, he spent now most of his life working with Profix. And the reason I say him is because that culture that I talked about earlier, it was driven by Paul. He was the, he was the genesis of that culture, let's say. And specifically what I mean by that is he put employees first, sometimes at the detriment to himself personally or to the company. And there's two amazing examples of that. Back in the earlier days of Profix, more than once, To meet payroll, he had to personally mortgage his house, which is not something the founder or CEO of a company is typically doing. The other good example that's uh, uh, another good personal one is he, like many founders, spent a lot of late nights in the office. One of those days, he found that there was somebody in customer support, a lady that had worked in support. She was always there late. She was working the late shift until 8 p.m. Paul talked to her, as he was apt to do, and said, Hey, well, how, how do you get home? Where, where do you live? And she said, Well, I live a couple miles away from the office. I have to take the bus home every day, and I, I don't love it. So from that point on, every time she, she worked the late shift, Paul would personally pay for a taxi to let her go home in a cab in a much safer environment where she felt, uh, she felt comfortable. Those are small examples, but they're really kind of indicative of Paul and who he was as a person. He was very concerned with, uh, with people. Um, and unfortunately I'm saying past tense, Paul, a couple of years ago was diagnosed with cancer, sadly passed away about a year ago, um, which was obviously a a really sad event for the company, but his legacy definitely lives on in profits. And I think for those of us on the senior team that worked with him very closely, that really drives us every day. We want to be able to fulfill his legacy. And, uh, yeah, to me, to me, that makes him a hero for me. And lastly, Ryan, how can somebody contact you? Yeah, open to getting contacted by email at uh, rvanhattan at com or uh, LinkedIn as well. I'm pretty active on LinkedIn.
0: LinkedIn generally accept invitations from people. So, All right. Ryan Van Hatton, Chief Financial Officer of Profix. Thanks so much for being a guest on the Sage Thought Leadership Podcast. Thanks a lot, Review and subscribe by searching your podcast player of choice or Sage Thought Leadership Podcast.